My neighborhood is ruined, and I can't think of anything that I can do to bring it back. Better move away, I guess. No, there has to be something we can do. I just wish I knew what. Construction crews won't come near the place, nobody wants to rent even if they did come here, and the ground is covered with geysers and a volcano. I know what we have to do, guys. There's a farmer who can help us bring our town back to life. I don't need to give up like that. I can show you how to bury the remains, make it come back. Hey, thanks. That's just what we needed. New buildings come out of the ground the very next morning. Everything's somehow a lot yuckier than I remember, but it is back. And we couldn't have done it any other way. Well, we've got to get the people back here the same way. I've got a steam shovel. Let's get to digging some more graves. I should have warned you. Don't know if people is not the smartest thing. What are you talking about? Look at all the people who came back. Paul Newman, Cary Grant, Betty Davis, Napoleon, Jack the Ripper, Lizzie B... Uh-oh. I don't understand it. I didn't even bury these people here. Why is Joseph Stalin coming out of the ground? Oops. I guess I shouldn't have tried to make the town better than it was. I got too greedy. I'm sorry. <laughs> now I gotta clean up another mess. Sometimes it's better. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Three, two, one! RPGs from the 1980s right up through yesteryear. Brought to you by the staff of RPGamer.com, we tackle the good, the bad, and the ugly games from nearly 30 years of RPG history. So sit down and hold on tight. Your next adventure is about to begin. Here are the hosts of RPG Backtrack, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome to RPG Backtrack, number 76, Under a Cloud. I'm your host, Phil Willis. Now is not the time for fear, brother. That comes later. And this is my good friend, man-at-arms, Mr. Mike Minky. Well, I have arms now. Yeah, I've upgraded your title, dude. And the more beers I drink tonight, the better that title is going to get. Do, do our guests get title upgrades too, or are they simply straight, stuck with the standard ones? Why, yes, I think we have <laughs> enough beer here to ensure that everybody gets titles tonight. We have the... We, we have the awesome co-editor-in-chief of our podcast, Becky Cutting Turkey. Where does she go? Where's our editor in chief at? I just said I don't answer to cunning. There she is! How's Becky doing tonight? I'm fine. You're fine even though there's dark clouds overhead? I 
Actually, there were some really dark clouds here earlier. The sky went black and there was a big old storm. It was awesome. They don't get you down. No, I love storms. Oh, cool. My cat has to be let out. He didn't like it so much once he got out there. <laughs> and speaking of, we have the perfect storm, the premiere herself, Miss Anna Marie Oldfield. There's a silver lining behind every cloud. Oh, that's good, because I need some silver linings to go with my Dark Cloud games tonight. Yay! Yay! So, uh, we're talking about Dark Cloud 1 and 2. Not really sure if we're going to talk about anything else. We're going to play this one by ear. And we're not going to waste any time in doing it. So, we're going to take a brief respite or whatever the hell they're called. I'm going to grab another beer, and we'll be right back after I'm going to grab two, Phil. Woohoo! After these commercial messages... about Dark Cloud 1 and 2. We'll start off with the first one. How's that? That seems logical. Uh, let's see. Well, let's talk about Dark Cloud. Developed by Level 5. Published by Sony Computer Entertainment. Uh, this was released in North America on May 29th, 2001. This is a single-player action RPG rated T for Teen and coming to you on one beautiful, gorgeous black DVD. I think it's black. Unless it was some original blue. No, that was PlayStation 1. It was black. At least hey, mine was. Black. I seem to recall black. mine being black as well. Black is awesome. Of course, I can't check it now because I unloaded it on someone in France who wanted it that badly. True story. Ooh. So, I... I've, I believe I, I thought I played this one, but then Mike told me there's no cameras in Dark Cloud One, so I guess I haven't played this one. I guess I played two. So I will let y'all talk about one while I stare at the screen images at the game that I didn't get to play. So here's the thing that I think we want to preface this or preface this conversation with is that Jooms and I both like the same things and dislike the same things. But you hate them more, and I like them more. Does that make sense? That does seem to be the case. Wait, this screenshot... Oh, that's Dark Cloud 2 crap. Sorry, ignore <laughs> me. Moving on, nothing to see here. Move so, I mean, in general, I feel like we both feel this was a launch title. It was a really weak game, but it had some potential. Yes, I, I can agree with that. So, basically, the premise of this story is... is you're literally letting the genie out of the bottle, and he blows up your town. No, you aren't doing that. There's some evil colonel general type dude. Right. Who, somebody who lets, lets the and, genie out of the bottle. And it eats somebody in the first cutscene and then blows up the world. <laughs> that was my favorite part. That's how it got eaten. So when things go kablooey, as opposed to actually going kablooey, they go kablooey into little pieces that get blown away into dungeons. And you... be. 
you are, um, what is it, Toa, Toan, whatever your stupid name is. I named him something different because he looked, he didn't look like a Toan to me. Right. And the pieces of the town are called Atla. I was never quite sure why that was. Does that seem like a weird translation to you? I think we could find many weird translation issues with this game. Mm, yeah, it was it was interesting because I always felt like this was one of Level 5's first games, right? Yeah, did Level 5 have a record before the PS2 era? No, I mean, this is the first time that I had personally heard of Level 5. Now, I came away from this game a lot more positive than you did. So if we look at just our reviews, I gave it a 3 out of 5, and you gave it a 1.5 out of 5. Yeah. I have just looked it up, and Dark Cloud was indeed Level 5's very first game. Uh Uh-oh, what was? Level 5 was. Oh, it was. Oh, I'm sorry. I misheard you. Yeah, so so you were correct. So this is a um, sort of loot-based dungeon crawler. Um, with randomly designed levels, um, you all of the characters that you get, including your main character, have a base weapon that they start with, which is a set amount of durability. Um, sorry, except for the base weapon has a set amount of durability. If it breaks, it shatters, you lose it. It's gone um, forever. Now, weapons can be repaired at any time with powder. Um, this is one of the things that I really knocked the game for, is that there are actually enemies out there that if they hit you, they break your weapon. I remember having far more of a problem with the inconsistency of the durability countdown, how sometimes That's, it would go down by one point, and other times it would go down by four or five points. So that, and the other trick is, is once you start a combo with a weapon, which is hit the button stop. twice, you have to finish the combo. Yep. And that really sucks. Um, and th- this game's inventory has a very slight... Wait, let me amend that from very to uh, not slight at all issue in that you cannot stack the same item. You need repair powders to fix your weapons. They're going to take up a separate slot and there is a limited inventory. Yay. So to further uh, agitate... the dungeon crawling experience, you also get thirsty. Yes. And there are occasional dungeon levels that make you get thirsty faster. So that within about 15 seconds, you will get so thirsty that you start losing hit points. I was not a fan of this. I, I cannot overstate how much not a fan I was of this mechanic. Now, the other downside of the dungeon crawly system is that when you pick up a new character they're actually not dungeon ready does that make sense yeah you and there will be the occasional levels in the dungeons where you can only use a certain character so if that character is not ready ah, too bad and do former dungeons or previous dungeon levels now that being said you go down to the dungeons and I liked the variety of enemies. Um, they had lots of abilities. It was cool to figure out um, their tells and stuff like that. Uh, I, and then you I, picked up Atla and you went back to town. And because you had these different pieces, you got to put back together the town. And some of the pieces were really simple, like a decoration, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or just some a house. Them, right. And some of them were more house. 
And the cool thing was is when you restore the house, you restore the person. Mm-hmm. Right? Or sometimes. Usually right. you have to there's a there are six slots by most houses with things that go inside of them and some of those things are people. Now if I remember correctly, the anytime you had to fill in a slot with something, it had a shape, right? Mm-hmm. And it would give you a description of whatever's going in there, but in order to find out things that you didn't initially know, you had to go talk to the people who live there, and they'll tell you, uh, yeah, give, give me something that'll let me reach the next level of my house, or give me something that'll let me see at night, or uh, give yes, me yeah, something that'll... was really cool. You didn't seem to like those. It was okay. Okay. See, for me, that was sort of like the exciting part of the game, and even better is... Even once you've reconstructed everything, there is a social aspect to the towns. So there's a girl who may want to live as far away as possible from this guy, or there may be a young couple that wants to live together. There's an old man who wants to live beside a pond. And so actually working out um, not just everybody's house and what goes with it, but organizing the town to everybody's satisfaction. See, I really liked that. I I guess I had too many memories of Soul Blazer, which was just – or Act Razor, both of them. And it just seemed clunkier than it needed to here, partially because there were little load times every – all the freaking time. And I don't like that when I'm just sitting around for a few seconds twiddling my thumbs. I know that that's not level five's fault necessarily. It was a launch game, but it still bugs me. And I also didn't necessarily like how many stupid little things I would get in the dungeons – Look, this is my fifth lamp for this dungeon level. Wow. I love collecting lamps, key <laughs> elements of every architectural design. Uh, <laughs> See, that never got me down. And uh, I guess I also found it um, – I, I guess I was comparing it to SimCity, how rigid the – the blueprint for filling things in could be how I would want to put a house here, but it won't, it will mysteriously not let me, even though it looks like I have plenty of room to do it until I move it somewhere else out further into the open. Um, That's not fair either, but I did have some fun with Sin City as as a kid. Probably everybody did. And uh, yeah, that memory just refused to leave me. Now I found the story in general, cool because of how it interacted with the building system and stuff the thing that i didn't like is it was a little ingrishy let's i won't say a lot ingrishy but i will say more than a little little ingrishy no uh, there was enough ingrish that it it has stuck in my mind even to this day justify how long how long did it take you to beat the game because i'm wondering if that maybe skews your perception 35 hours or something. I Really? Because I think when I did my first run through, and that was just, I started it and I finished it and I didn't do any of the little itty bitty work. I, maybe I, I was definitely under 30 hours. Now, when I went back and I started fiddling with everything and I started doing like leveling up characters and stuff like that, um, I think I got to about 50 before I, I called it good. Well... Because if I recall correctly, you don't have to finish a town before you can move on. No, you don't. And I definitely didn't try for 100% (laughs) Giorama in them because just 
didn't suit me very well. But uh, I guess I was just horribly unlucky with my weapon repair powders running out because I constantly needed to go back to town and get more. Mm, okay. I seem to re- recall using plates a fair bit, so I was upgrading my durability a lot. And I also... This apparently is just me, how I had camera issues with Okami where nobody else seems to, but I found that the camera was too close most of the time in this, so that whenever more than one enemy is in the area, and usually there is more than one enemy, I couldn't see anything but the one right in front of me, so I kept taking hits and getting killed that way. Yeah, I don't recall that problem. Maybe it's just me and 3D cameras, I... (laughs) <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have to try a few more 3D camera games and see how I go, but right now, I don't think I like them. Not at all. Um, the last thing that really stood out for me was um, the graphics were pretty cool for the day, but the music was what really blew me away. I will agree that the music in the forest, where you keep having to bring things to the owl in order to get to the next level, I like mm-hmm. that tune. The town music was a lot more mixed. I don't remember any of it right now. I remember the first town's theme just irritating me and the second (laughs) town's theme being forgettable and the third town's theme being slightly better than forgettable but still not memorable. See, Do you remember the desert place? (sighs) Not right now. Okay. I'll I'll have to look it up and – Yeah, it's just you – I think you just hated the breaking and the camera more than I did, and I just really liked building the town more than you did. Yes, that that breaking thing. I I had a weapon, which I had put, I don't know, five hours into, and I got locked into a combo, and it broke, and that made me so angry. Did you reset? I I think I did, but – Something went wrong somewhere. Somebody was shouting at me from another room, and uh, it just, I didn't get it back. So I was really pissed. Oh, I'm sorry. That, Plus, that hey, not- if nothing else, the game had a cat girl. Woohoo! Yeah, it did. I named her Shamu after Shamu in Super Robot. <laughs> and she uses a slingshot, and she is, you have to switch to her all the freaking time in order to jump over those stupid little rocks and streams through the dungeon. Yeah! And, yeah. Uh, and she never says anything after she joins you. Isn't that nice? <laughs> That's okay. She had terrible sound effects. She did. And, uh, okay, I've got to say this. The day-to-night transitions in the first Dark Cloud irritate me. I didn't mention it in the review because I couldn't find a way to squeeze it in, but it's almost Castlevania 2-like, where... The camera, the game switches out of your control for about 15 seconds every time it switches from day to night, night to day, and you get to look as the sky darkens or brightens. Thank you. I'm glad that I get to see this every time. Now, why are you telling me this? It doesn't matter to the game because there are no events that I've found which depend upon the time of day. (sighs) Now, the nice thing is, is transition time, Dark Cloud 2 fixed a lot of things that sucked about Dark Cloud 1. Yes, it did. I will. I cannot deny that. I liked it a hell of a lot better than the first one, that's for sure. But <laughs> apparently, you and Becky are going to tell me how I was apparently in a really grumpy mood when I played it. You were in a really grumpy mood when you played this. 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, for the first one, you can at least excuse me being really grumpy because uh, I was playing that the night that I heard my grandfather died. So oh. that may have colored a lot of my associations for it. Quite possibly. I'm sorry. No, I mean, bear in mind, I am not saying Dark Cloud 1 is a good game. I mean, I think I scored it as literally average. Now, Dark I, I would say two. that was being much much too generous, but uh, we've... <laughs> I no, think I've Dark slammed Cloud. it enough without getting un- unbearably profane for our poor listeners with velvet ears. <laughs> and I never played Dark Cloud 1, but Dark Cloud 2 um, was one of my favorite games on the PlayStation 2, and I am not the only one. It's it, There are quite a few Dark Cloud 2 fans out there. Oh man, every time there's a Dark Cloud 3 rumor, and all the sites report about it, the the comment sections blow up. I, I Glenn don't know Wilson. why Level 5 isn't making a Dark Cloud 3, <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, I, I don't know. Glenn Wilson proved my Dark Cloud 2 review, and even he said that he spent over 80 hours and played it more than once. And we all know how hard he is to please. Wow. Well, he does like dungeon crawlers with randomized dungeons, so that probably helps. Probably. So do we want to move right into Dark Cloud 2? We're already hinting at it. Segments, boy, that's the last time I walk out for an extra beer. Uh, we're ready to talk about Dark Cloud 2 here in North America, aka Dark Chronicle in Japan. This is developed by Level 5 um, and, um, let's see, published by Sony Computer Entertainment, released here in North America on February 17th, 2003. A single player action RPG for your PlayStation 2. Uh, this is rated T for Teen and once again comes on a beautiful, gorgeous, stunning DVD ROM. Mmm. And this is one I've actually played because this one is the one with the cameras. Woohoo! Yeah, how come those PlayStation DVD ROMs are black and the movies I buy are silver? Well, and, and then I think some of the original PlayStation 2 games were blue had like a blue coating on them and I remembered there was an issue with some of them working on certain versions of the PlayStation 2 and in fact I had bought I remember my first PlayStation broke my PlayStation 2 broke I bought another one but those blue discs wouldn't work in it uh, it was a pain in the ass um, anywho uh, let's see here so uh, was there a story I care about let's see Max Young <laughs> Inventor there was a story you just played There's this. There's a lot of stories. You Phil. played this, Mike. Was this something we cared about? I'm sure Becky will tell me what I leave out here. You begin in a peaceful town named Palm Brinks with a young boy named Max who just wants to go to the circus to have some fun for the night. 
But what do you know? The evil carnival master spots that he's got a red gem and he sends his evil clowns after him. And that forces Max to run away through the sewers where the evil clown eventually pursues him by throwing a giant elephant from the circus at him. And then eventually a giant robot at him. And finally, as he's trying to escape from the town on the train, the evil ringmaster, well, he just comes along in what looks like a glorified moped and starts throwing bombs at you. And once you finally get out of town, you you find that, gosh... The whole world is depopulated. How did this happen? Get out. How did that happen? You missed the part where he gets saved by an awesome princess. I was about to... Yeah, the the prologue, before you even meet Max, finds that princess beating down a few enemies in order to find that a bad guy has just killed her father. But what you didn't know about that from this scene alone would be this was in the future! This is Princess Monica for 100 years in the future! And she has come back to restore the origin points of all the things that have gone missing or gone wrong in the, in the future with Max's help. And you're going to go find some Georama in the dungeons, reconstruct those towns, and really make strange, strange time travel logic where apparently helping a small corner of the globe has no ramifications whatsoever for the rest of the globe when it's 100 years later. And there's an evil villain named Emperor Griffin who is 10,000 years in the past, and you'd think that would allow him to just wipe out humanity before it ever did anything, but no, he wants to influence creatures far closer to the present that you can beat up. It just don't, it's normal time story, time travel story. Just don't think about it too much. I, I tried it thinking about it a little too much. Like, the, there are a lot of paradoxes inherent in time travel, and this one doesn't really ah, deal with But them. unlike a certain other game that recently came out that features a lot of time travel, nobody uses the p- word paradox incorrectly on a repeated basis in Dark Cloud 2. Talking about Radiant Historia? No, I'm talking about Final Fantasy 13 2. Okay, well, one of those I've played, the other one I haven't, and you can probably guess which is which. <laughs> Believe me, they really like the word Final Fantasy thirteen, or the word paradox in Final Fantasy thirteen too. I think there was one moment when I was playing it when I was like, "Oh, hey, that actually is a paradox." Unlike all of the other quote-unquote paradoxes they've been talking about. But anyway, yeah, we're not talking about squares writers today. <laughs> we're talking about level fives writers. We're really not much better. No, I'll give Dark Cloud two this at the very least. It does not rub my face in how nonsensical the story is. It's at least fun to watch. Agreed? Yep. Oh, yeah. It, it's not, you know, the, the story is, is not really the main focus of the game. It's kind of there to keep you going. And the after you have beaten up the other villains, including one who was revealed, <gasps> his he was the child of two worlds. His mother told him not to hate humans. This be Gaspard, by the way, who you fight twice. But he hated humans anyway, and you, uh, you you end up having to kill him, and, well, that was a waste. But oh well, because Emperor Griffin is just, uh, he's a bunny rabbit, more or less, and he talks like a, ta- he talks like a six-year-old until he becomes big and nasty and evil. But first you have to beat up a bunny rabbit. I'm glad you remember all this. I haven't played this since, like, 2004, so. I just played it, so that's fresh in my head. But you remember that you have to beat up the bunny rabbit, right? Vaguely. <laughs> who turns into the big monster. Who, yeah, uh, yeah he, he lets you beat him up so that he can grab your Ultimelia, and then he has all three and becomes super powerful yeah. and uh, starts trashing the world. Then you have to go to his moon palace and kick his ass. 
Yeah. Through the biggest dungeon of them all, and you eventually fight three rounds with him, and he changes for each fight. And then, oh, yes, at the end of fighting him, guess what? Dark Cloud 2 pulls a Necron, and out of him springs this dark element that you've never heard of, and it proclaims that it doesn't need Emperor Griffin anymore. It will just conquer the world on its own or destroy it or whatever its goal was. And then it summons uh, five pellet swapped regular enemies for you to fight as bosses before you can kill the dark element while the moon is crashing down on earth. So you've got a time limit. Yeah. I, uh, I never got through that part. <laughs> the the, la- the final, like I loved the game up until the final boss. Well, the last dungeon was a bit long, but up until the final boss, at which point it was too difficult for my early console skills because PlayStation 2 was my first console. I had not been using controllers for very long. And it threw a time limit plus multiple boss forms at me, and I had to switch characters, and I was just too much. And I, I never quite fin- managed to finish the, the boss fight. And I, my, my husband couldn't even finish it when I begged him to finish it for me. So we never oh, actually finished finish the game. Well, Emperor Griffin eventually saves you by getting in the way of the dark element when it shoots something at you, and he has a noble death that's supposed to be meaningful, and... I Except guess it, at him. <laughs> yeah, but you got all those beautiful scenes of him taking care of the garden of Alexandra, and that was supposed to tell you, oh, he's not that bad. He just hates the people who killed Alexandra or did something to her. It's not really clear what. And because they did something bad, he wants to kill all humans because all humans are inherently evil. Kill all humans. Kill. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. We need to sound like six-year-old kids when we say, kill, kill, kill. I didn't do it very well. So I think I just summed up most of the plot without all of the detours that you take along the way, like helping the, uh, the, the Shambhala, the Shamu, the, the whatever it was, the plesiosaur on the beach. Yeah, stuff I don't remember. <laughs> or uh, helping... Um, Lynn, the the girl who tags around along with you in the dungeon and eventually um, turns out to be a sage or something. Oh, yeah, I remember her. I didn't think her voice acting was that hot. Well, back in the day, nobody's voice acting was that hot. <laughs> Max and Monica actually were, were fairly decent performances for back then. They were. I'm singling out Lynn because I thought her voice was not very good compared to the rest in the game. And the uh, the audio visuals in Dark Cloud Two were, were very very good for for the time. Um, the, the cell shading is I think is the first cell shaded game I ever played, um, and it looked really really nice on the PlayStation Two. Oh, oh, one other one other plot nice. element before I forget: Max is constantly trying to find his mom through the game, and what do you know? She's from a hundred years in the future too, but she stayed with him for five years so that he could be born and he could have a mother when he was really young. And then, um, for some reason, she had to go back to the future. And, and then heartlessly abandoned him. Yay! Yeah, and, and, and she can't go back to the past anymore. And there's really no explanation other than she, her place is in the future. McFly. Sorry. <laughs> if you can sound like Leah Thompson, that would be awesome. I can't. Aw. And I can't really sound like Michael J. Fox. Doc. Ah! No, it doesn't work. <laughs> I, yeah, just so wanna, I just wanted—I just had to throw that in. Game was pretty. Um, it was. I will say that wholeheartedly. It looks really good. It's very pretty. 
Yes. Leading to level five's excellent tradition of cell shading that is sort of hitting its pinnacle at uh, in the upcoming Nino Kuni. Anyway. Yeah, someday I'll play Dragon Quest Eight and see more cell shading, I'm sure. Also pretty, although the overworld was eh. But <laughs> um, Yeah, so so the main meat of this game is the gameplay, which involves going through a whole lot of randomized dungeons and beating a lot of stuff up and collecting bits and using those bits to rebuild the various towns. And I, I understand that rebuilding the towns in Dark Cloud 2 is a lot less fiddly than rebuilding them in Dark Cloud 1, which I didn't play, but I've been led to understand this. I believe, yes, you are right. The only annoyance I have is that now you have to go, you have to make the parts to build the towns, whereas they were just given to you in Dark Cloud 1. Here you need uh, rocks or sugar cane or uh, mud. I, I don't know how necessarily you can build something out of sugar cane, but it seems to happen. <laughs> See, and I live for that shit. I love, I love non-combat activities in RPGs. So this game was just like a treasure trove for me because there's you're rebuilding the towns. You also um, have a um, Max has a camera and he has to take pictures of stuff all the time, um, and that stuff gives him blueprints to make towns and weapons and all that stuff. Um, and I love doing that, going around taking pictures of all the cool stuff. Um, and there's also mini games that you play. One of which is um, basically you get to play golf in the random dungeons, <laughs> and it's really fun. I tried to play golf a few times. I found that it was far less intuitive than I would have expected, where you need to first select what range you're going to hit the club in and then actually hit the club in that range. And if you hit anywhere except that range, then, oops, you just wasted a shot, and each of these balls have a certain number of shots, that, so you can't afford to waste them, really. Yeah, it just takes a, a little bit, but it doesn't take too long to get used to the system and get pretty good at it. And if you're really good in some of the dungeons, you can like shoot it way over the walls to the other side of the dungeon and stuff. It's fun. I kept thinking of George Carlin's sage advice when it comes to golf when I tried to play it. Which was? Um, hitting a ball with a crooked stick and then walking after it. And then hitting it again. I say pick it up, asshole. You're lucky you found it and go the fuck home. <laughs> I, I yes, think, it is I impossible think... to accurately represent George Carlin without some profanity. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's that is very true. <laughs> but I liked the golf game. Darn it! Yeah, maybe things. maybe if I had given it more time, I would have been addicted to it eventually. I just I tried it a few times and found that after I managed to put the ball right into a crack and lose it, uh, my enthusiasm waned considerably. And in a rare contribution to this podcast, my husband states, the golf game was fun. Yep, I'm definitely in the minority here. Phil, did you play any golf? No, I stayed away from the golf. I don't even like golf on TV, so I wasn't going to ruin my RPG with it. Yeah, I, like, I, like, I, like, I don't like regular golf, but I like mini golf, and this game is a little more like mini golf. I understand, Phil, you have something to say about the photo photo photographic element of Dark Cloud 2. Poopy. <laughs> Succinct? Well, I uh, I had I was having pretty much fun. I mean, I'm kind of a shallow guy, I guess. I was pretty much having fun. You, you know, the dungeons kind of got the Diablo randomization feel to them. Um 
I like the cell shaded graphics a lot. I love the graphical style of the game. The action RPG uh, feel to it was was pretty good. Um, I was enjoying going through the dungeons and stuff, but it isn't too far into the game where you're awarded a, a pretty camera and told to go forth and take pictures. And uh, by taking pictures, if you took pictures, if you take picture, and you guys can correct me on any of this because it has been at least five years since I played this game. But if you take um, uh, uh, pictures of key uh, locations or items that are out in the world, like the chimney of someone's house, for example, or whatever, you don't really I, – I, I couldn't make any rhyme or reason of it. It's kind of like finding a Where's Waldo, except you don't know you're looking what you're looking for. But if you take pictures of these things, it will add them to some sort of book. Uh, or collection, and you can eventually combine these photographs to come up with invention ideas to upgrade yourself. Or you have a mech in this game, right? Like a, yes. Yeah. Need a good one. Yep. All right. Just making sure I got the right game here. Uh, like I said, it's been five or six years. Uh, to upgrade your 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 yourself or your mech or both. I, I don't remember. And I tried to ignore that for a while, but eventually I'd want to get upgrades, but it kept kind of pushing back to the camera system and. I don't know, standing, walking around town, looking in first-person view, you know, pulling out the camera, looking around and trying to find things to shoot. And was there a limited film in that thing? You can take 30 shots at a time, and uh -huh. then you can uh, save them permanently in your photo album and clear up room for another 30 shots. So how in, how in, how in the name of all that's holy and dear – are you supposed to know what the heck to take pictures of? I mean, what makes Bob's chimney stand more out than the bell on Lucy's door than the log in front of Bob Dylan's castle? I mean, were there, were there hints? What, often. What hints? Yeah, that's what I thought. There are a lot of uh, little notes around the towns, and Max will look at them and go, "Hmm, if I put this juniper tree and this ray of sunshine and this." weather vane together, I might be able to make something. Yeah. So then I have to go out and find the weather vane because I have no idea where the weather vane's at? Probably. Oh, pain in the ass. Now, So at least, at least though, I know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for this weather vane somewhere in this town, which you wouldn't think that finding these things is too difficult, except the town has got a lot of stuff to it, and it's pretty. I mean, you like looking around it. I don't have patience. I wanted to get back to Dungeons and Killing stuff. And then, I like going all over and taking pictures of everything. So there you go. But then you had to. Then you had to. Then once you got these key pictures, and I think it did tell you if you took a picture of something that was going to be useful, as opposed to just taking a picture of the ground. Like if it was going to be useful for an invention later on, it somehow lets you know that, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it would like label the picture yeah, or something. It, it'll it'll allow you to only put away the stuff that can be used for inventions and just dump the rest. Exactly. So then the next step is combining these different pictures. Uh, I think it's typically three different pictures to, to get the inspiration to build a, an item or a weapon or whatever for your robot or whatever have you. Which remind it reminds me a lot of those point and click adventure games. My wife loves them to death. Those games where you're walking around, you'll find interesting, you know, you'll find crap on the ground like a piece of licorice, a walking stick, and a and a toothpick. And then you have to, you know, you'll you'll come across an obstacle, and somehow knowing that these three items, uh, you know, you got 20 items in your inventory, but these three items together, he'll come up with some creative way, like MacGyver, to put them together as a way to open up the door. My wife you didn't. You didn't grow up on those. Oh, my wife loves them. And, and you call yourself a PC gamer, man. I call myself a PC <laughs> RP gamer. There's a difference. Yeah, my my wife. Uh, 
doors. Once, once upon say. a time, there weren't very many RPGs on the PC. Hey, 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 adventure games. hey, 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 no, 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 take that back. Now, if you grew up on the gold box games like I did, you had nine games to keep you busy a very long time. Um, I'm talking before the gold box days. There were I, before the before the gold box. I didn't play too many PC games before the gold box. I didn't have a PC until probably 1980. I did do some Commodore before then. 1980? No, 1988. Okay. I was was when I got my first PC. As <laughs> I say, I don't think you're much older than I am. If you're older than me at all. No, no, we did have a Commodore. In eighty, from like 80, 85 or eighty six to eighty eight, I play a bunch of Commodore games, but not very many adventure put the puzzly items together. Now, when we got the PC, my mother played those like she played like Back Cauldron, Leisure Suit Larry, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But she yeah, so she always cool. sprang the extra ten bucks for the hint guy because we didn't. I don't think she liked trying to figure out that crap either. <laughs> so <laughs> you remember those hint guys with the red piece of flimsy. Uh, the red thing that would let you see the secret answers that were encoded. Oh, my favorite one was where the invisible ink ones. Those were oh, cool. those are awesome. Uh, but we digress. Anywho. Just, I would like to say before um, we leave the photography tangent, I did not like having to take pictures of enemies in the dungeons with no way to pause. You must take a picture and hope <laughs> that it does not hit you in the interim. That was always fun. It was okay uh, with the regular enemies, but the bosses could be a little bit challenging. It's like, ah, I tried to take a picture. I remember I gave up on it when I tried to take a picture of the second boss, you know, the butterfly that's, that splits apart. Oh, God, that butterfly. I, I redid that battle until I got that damn picture. I let I split it apart about four times, failed to get a picture each one of those, and finally just said after the game all but spelled out, Here's the order you kill the butterflies in because you're stupid and clearly don't know. That's it. I'm done here. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's one of those elements that if you – I mean like I said, my wife lives and dies by the point-and-click games and she finds fascination in combining – items that completely have no logical sense of why they go together and suddenly they go together and um uh, what's that one game with the pirates and lechuk and stuff she loves that one uh, she, yeah secret monkey Island. so she'll play those till the cows come home i just i don't have the patience i don't have the patience but i do have the patience for long strategic and tactical battles so i think it's just a total matter of taste uh and nothing more i don't think it's a bad game element or that it was implemented poorly or that i could say objectively that that detracts from the game experience i just think it's something that either appeals to you or it doesn't and if it does appeal to you it, it it's 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 done well enough and it's very pretty and easy on the eyes while you're doing it yep. it is cute they did, they did do a better job with that kind of system in rogue galaxy um but rogue galaxy doesn't bother me as bad for some reason but it was less it was less random, if I recall. Yeah. Did kind of knew what you needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think I had to stop and take pictures. Didn't you get the items mostly from just beating yeah, no, the heck? There, no, there was no camera. Yeah. That's that's the thing. It's those, uh, you know, for and this is just my particular taste. I like those mechanics as optional side things that can get you either extra money or special items. But if they feel like they're mandatory, they get on my nerves. Uh, you know, but that's just me. I think in Rogue Galaxy, it's like you're going to pick up half this stuff along the way. So, yeah, I remember in Rogue Galaxy just kind of throwing stuff together. And, eh, yeah, you'd have to spend a few minutes just throwing random stuff together to see if you can combine it and stuff. But it wasn't such a prominent part of the gameplay that it, it detracted. It was, yeah, it was something to do in between my battles, I suppose. Well, so, I so many games associated with it. But anyway, 
Yeah, apparently I'll need to schedule a Rogue Galaxy bike track sometime. Ooh, that'd be cool. I need to go back and play some more. I never did beat it. <laughs> I love the humor. Anyway, tangent, tangent, tangent. Um, Other games, aside from the Sphero, which is the golf, um, apparently there is fishing. I did only what I had to, but I suppose I could have done more. Becky, uh, of fishing. Course I, of course I fished. I fished my butt off. I did all the optional activities. I played this game for I don't even know how many hours. <laughs> I think this was one of the games I played when I first moved to Canada. I was not allowed to work for about a year while all my papers were being processed. So um, I think this was one of the games I played during that period of time. Fair enough. If you can't work, you might as well game. <laughs> I volunteered for places and I played a lot of games. Yep. <laughs> so I sampled the fishing only when I had to get something to put in that aquarium. Uh, tell us more, because you know more about it than I do. God, I don't even remember, though. <laughs> um, well, you, you stick a lure on it, and you need to have a rod, and you cast it out there and wait for something to bite it and reel it in. I, that's all I remember. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't a complicated fishing game. Did you find, like, cool things that helped you out, or what What, what did you get for fishing? I have to look it up. <laughs> Ask me in a minute. Ask me in a minute. Yeah, I mean, um, um, I know my wife loves fishing in Torchlight. You get, like, you know, cool fish that turn your, turn your cat or your dog into cool things. So that's pretty neat. Ah, uh, Yes. There are uh, two rods, um, and the second one, which is optional but and requires a little bit of um, storyline, is uh, easier to use for catching important things. So, hmm. and apparently there is a fish race event, or the thingy frenzy that I kept being in a dungeon while it was occurring, so I didn't ever see it, but it's there. Yeah, I'm not sure I ever did that part because I noticed it was like fish races. I was like fish races. I don't remember doing that. Well, does that cover all the optional stuff? Hmm. Let's see. I'm looking at max pages and if there are... <laughs> Well, we mentioned the robot. I like the robot, yes. Steve. Yeah, the robot is one of the better characters because his name is Steve and he's a robot. I eventually put the voice box on him and he really does talk a lot. <laughs> Things like, I'm going to get you guys! Let me at him. And because he does, he has a separate HP meter, which is unconnected to Max, who rides him, then if the robot does get knocked out, it doesn't affect Max. That can be helpful. All right. Uh, Monica can turn into monsters. She That's can. Optional activity. I used that once, and then I tried to fight with the monster, found that it stunk, and didn't try it again. I just used her sword and magic wristband. Yeah, I think I mostly use that. I think I turned her into a monster every once in a while for funsies. Yeah, apparently if you go and talk to the right monsters while in monster form, they'll give you things. Or... I I couldn't say, though. I didn't experiment with it. Yeah, I think I may have leveled up a few monsters, but it was a pain in the butt, so I didn't do too much of it. And... Well, let's see. Max carries a wrench... Or a hammer, but I always use a wrench to bash things with, and a gun, while Monica has a sword and her magical wristband that charges uh, magical um, things that hit enemies. 
I preferred fighting with Monica as a general rule, but I always like the lighter, more nimble fighters. Well, I used both of them a fair amount, and yeah, what the game tells you is true. Their weapons are good against different things, so there is a reason yeah. to try both of them. Yeah, I would use Max on the stuff that he was more powerful against, but I used Monica, otherwise my sort of default option. And Steve, well, he's, depending on what you've got him equipped with, he's really good against a lot, and uh, he can fire while moving, which is incredibly helpful. Yes. Whereas Max has to sit still when he shoots, and Monica can move very, very slowly while she's charging her armband. Yeah, mostly I used her sword. I didn't use her armband all that much. I used her armband against things like the, the elephants that refuse to go down quickly, or the the golems that also refuse to go down quickly. Yeah. I also, my my action RPG skills were not so hot at the time that I was playing this game, so <laughs> I probably did not fight as well as I could have, as well as I could if I played the game again now. Probably. This again brings up my, my problem with 3D cameras, because frequently I would find myself, the camera would spin around at just the moment when I needed to see something that it wasn't showing me. Or it would not show me that I was about to bump into a wall. That's a bad thing. It wasn't bad for a camera at the time, if I recall. But sometimes it would get stuck on stuff. No, and it, and it is better than the first games, where I didn't even go into all the problems I had. Sometimes that camera did get stuck in the wall. That was not helpful at all. <laughs> That's always a fun one. And I, it's pulled back a little further in Dark Cloud 2, and the walls seem to be spaced a little further apart so you have more room to maneuver. See, I'm just taking this opportunity to disc Dark Cloud 1 some more. And Anna's not here to fight back. <laughs> if only she were. Yeah, I, I don't have her back on that one because I never played it. You know what, Becky? You're not yep. missing much. Yeah, from reading the reviews, I, I, I thought about picking it up because I like Dark Cloud 2 so much. But then I read the reviews and I was like, yeah, maybe not. I think <laughs> I already played this game except the better version. You did. You can Yay. take great comfort in that. Yeah. Um, so let's see, monster transformation. Ah, yes. The powering up of the weapons. And I just want to say that one simple change makes this so much better than Dark Cloud 1. If your weapon breaks, it doesn't disappear. Yeah. You don't lose hours of work because you were careless. Although, doesn't, isn't there a fairly obvious siren sound when your weapon starts to die? In Dark Cloud 1 or 2? 2. two. Uh, it's more of a, it's a small beeping noise, and it and it flashes in red. Yeah, I thought it was pretty obvious when it's like, hey, idiot, put this weapon away and get a different one okay. out. <laughs> oh, if you think that's obnoxious, Dark Cloud 1 was much, much more obnoxious. It's got one of those loud, blaring sirens to tell you, hey, you're a moron, wake up to what you're doing. Is it like the Kingdom Hearts you're about to die siren? Because I've just finished another Kingdom Hearts game, and oh my god, that's such a pain in the butt. <laughs> Probably. If it's the if it's the 3DS Kingdom Hearts game, then Mac is sending it to me. I don't know why. Oh, I, I liked the game, but it still has that obnoxious "you're about to die" siren. <laughs> um, yes, it, it's just so nice that even if I get into a fight and let the weapon break because I'm you know trying to kill the enemy before it kills me, the weapon isn't gone. I can repair it. Yay! Yes, and the, it's, the weapons the weapons are quite a project. I call it cheating. Your weapon should disappear when it runs out of durability. 
That's well, what happened. You need to go play a Fire Emblem game, Phil. That's what happens in <laughs> Fire Emblem games. <laughs> yeah, well, in Fire Emblem games, if you're dead, you die forever. And if that happened in this game, you only have two characters to work with, so. Well, there is one change about that from the first game. If you lost in the first game and you didn't have uh, a means to switch to another character, then you just get booted out of the dungeon minus half your gold. In this one, if they both die, game over. But you can save between every floor. Yep. Saving is all good until the final boss fight, which all of a sudden it's like, no save for you! If you die, you have to repeat the whole thing! I should be... for. I, should, I am happy that I was fortunate enough to beat it in one go then. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. Well, but as I, I said, I, back when I was trying to play it, I was not very good with controllers yet, so... It's probably not as hard as it was for me at the time. Well, the first phase of the final boss just irritates the hell out of me because there's no real way to dodge when he does that flurry of arrows at you. You just have to sit there and block and take damage for a while. Yeah. And the second phase is easy. You just, here he comes, he's charging. Dodge, hit him. Here he's coming. Here he's coming again. Dodge, hit him. Part where I, the part where I kept dying was he had, like, colored lights or something and you had to switch to the right character to hit him that's and... that's our necron character mr dark element okay. and uh yeah um and didn't you have to kill the like if you died during that you had to kill the first boss again yes to, yeah. along with all those pellet swapped regular enemies that you... yeah yeah after about the 25th time i <laughs> was pretty much done with that i don't blame you <laughs> i Thought that was a whole bunch of needless make work on the part on the part of level five to throw all those extra bosses for no reason whatsoever in there before you can take on the true final boss. Yeah, and there was no saving between it, and that was well. Dumb. Of course not. If you re- if you remove the option of saving, that makes it harder. No, it makes it more annoying. <laughs> it's like I know how to do this. I'm not dying on this part. I'm dying on the other part. Um, other bosses. At least I, I think the cutscenes were skippable. Maybe they weren't. They were. They were. Okay, I, that's, yeah. I didn't skip. I think I skipped a couple of brief ones just because I was in a hurry, but mostly I let it play out because, you know, you, you got to give the game a shot if something oh, is just I, I watched all the cutscenes the first time. <laughs> it was just when I was doing that boss fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I never skipped cutscenes the first time, just the second or third or fourth time. Again, I guess I was lucky in that I never died on a boss. Must have, must be that I had plenty of healing items. Yeah. And again, that's an improvement from the first game, because you can stack items. Instead of having to have all 20 repair powders take up 20 slots in your inventory, they can take up one slot. Isn't that wonderful? Amazing. The things they come up with these days. I know! The bad old days of Dark Cloud 1 have been banished forever. Until you start up another game where one item takes up one spot and you go, it's 2012! But if you can only put one item in each slot, then that adds challenge. No, it adds annoyance. <laughs> Stop it, game developers. Stop it! Obviously, we need to have this go bro- be broadcast in Japanese so that everyone gets the idea. <laughs> I and probably speak... Polish to cover all our bases. <laughs> I only speak Spanish. Can't help. Um, let's see here. 
Okay, I will say that the dungeons could have been shorter for me just because um, I got the idea after about the first ten or so floors, and then there were usually another six or eight after that. But that's apparently me. They were a little lengthy, and the only one I really felt was long was the last dungeon. Yeah, and, and the last dungeon at least varied the visuals a few times, so that even though it's all randomly generated, the textures change. I was also but, exceedingly bored at the time that I was playing the game, so that probably helped. But of course, uh, four of the earlier dungeons have paths that you can't take the first time, and eventually, oh gosh, you've got to take those paths. That was not optional. You're going to have to go through all that again. Fun times. Yeah, with with pellet-swapped enemy bosses that don't talk at the end. <laughs> the parts that you've already been through are pretty quick by the time you go back to them, so it's not that bad. True. Uh, okay. Yeah, what are we leaving out here? Oh, oh, making your characters stronger as opposed to the weapons. That's a fairly big part of it. I don't remember that part. As you go through the dungeons, you spawn these little boxes in the future containing power-ups that you need to go find and apply to your people. Okay. <laughs> and and I mean they're little boxes. You have to squint to see these tiny little things, usually in a corner somewhere. So I, I thought that could have been easier to deal with. Obviously, it didn't leave much of an impression on me. It must come... Something about the TV I played it on makes things sometimes appear a little too dark. So mm -hmm. with dark boxes on dark future areas, I had to hunt very carefully at times to be sure, yes, this is something I want, rather than, oops, figured out of my imagination. You're playing on an HD TV? No, it's a Magnavox from uh, 15 years ago, I think. Oh, okay, <laughs> Might be too old, then. Might be. It's the only one I've got at the moment, though. I was just curious if it was an HD, because sometimes playing the old SD games on HD TVs doesn't work so well. That's what I hear. I won't know about it for a while, though. I, 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 play, I play all of my PlayStation 2 games on HD TV. Um, the, 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 the key is playing it on the backwards compatible PlayStation 2, which has the ability to upscale it a little bit or alias it a little bit or whatever it does. Um, it's been huge for me because when I first when I, when I first got HDTV at the time I was playing Final Fantasy 12, and uh, my 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 tube television had blown up, so I went on got an HDTV, and the graphics looked so horrible. That I honestly thought it was a problem with the television after checking all of my connections. I looked online and I found out that with certain uh, – with, with PS2 games in general and Final Fantasy XII in particular, uh, that, yeah, you're basically taking a low-resolution game and stretching on your TV and it's going to make your eyes bleed. So – when they had the PlayStation 3, when they were phasing out that first uh, series of backwards compatible PlayStation 3s, um, and they had basically uh, – they were 600 bucks when they came out, but they had them on sale for 450 And if you sign up for a Sony credit card, you got 150 off, uh, or they would give you a $150 refund. So I applied for the Sony credit card. I bought the bloody thing. I canceled the card as soon as I got my refund, <laughs> and I basically paid <laughs> $300 for my backwards compatible PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3, and that's how I play my PS2 games. Um but uh, yeah, I don't. I, I, I yeah, I don't know. As far as playing, playing, you know, the PlayStation Two games on a high def TV, uh, on a PlayStation Two. Like I said, for some of those games, it makes your eyes bleed. But I would think with this game, hypothetically speaking, do, do any. Uh, uh, you're not playing on HD. You just said you're not playing on HD, right? 
uh, Mike. Right. I would think theoretically it would look okay because it's it's not um, it's cell shaded and uh, and that means it's going to look very pretty. Uh, a, a game like Final Fantasy XII that made my eyes bleed. You got to keep in mind that that what the most of the graphical effects they're trying to get in that game is through. Uh, highly detailed, and I put that in quotation marks for PlayStation 2, <laughs> uh, you know, polygons uh, with with the PlayStation 2's low resolution and polygon count. Uh, that is what makes your eyes bleed. But with a game, uh, these shell-shaded games, the beauty of them is that they hold their age very well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not just denying gorgeous. that it looks really good. I think it would look good on an HDTV. Yeah, no, I was just curious if, like, sometimes it's the small things like the treasure boxes that might be a problem. Yeah, yeah, you might, yeah. yeah and the- the treasure boxes in the dungeons are much bigger than the ones that in the future that dispense power-ups. I don't know why that is. They're they're seriously the size of maybe your character's foot, so it's kind of hard to see them at times. So, um, yeah, cool beans. So, uh, so there's a little bit of a love-hate relationship with Dark Cloud. Mostly love, I think, especially from, um, what's her name? Becky or Anna or one of those ladies side of yeah, Anna apparently said that um, her views will be replicated by Becky verbatim here. So is this a gen- gender review, thing? But... If you're a lady, you like this game. If you're a guy, you don't. Because <laughs> honey, hmm. did you like Dark Cloud too? Yes, my husband likes Dark Cloud too, and I can confirm. Yeah, he doesn't count. He's not a staff <laughs> member. Sorry, his opinion is non-counta. Whatever. Mike? I liked it without loving it. Um, again, I was apparently in a grumpy mood when I played it, and had I been in a more receptive mood to just hunting down all the optional stuff and chilling out all the time instead of going through the dungeons in, as quickly as possible and blasting through the game, then I probably would have had a more positive experience, but I definitely liked it enough to not regret the time I spent with it. And I can definitely say this is a considerable, a massive improvement over its predecessor. Executing yeah, it's, the it's concepts not, far It's not better. a game you want to go through quickly. Um, it's a game for, for, for chilling out and doing all the fun extra stuff, because that's really the main point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't like taking pictures. That's all I'm going to... No, just, <laughs> I just... I was great with the game... Until the pictures, and yeah, I kind of got... got a Nikon camera, I want to take a photograph. Okay, I'm done. Which means I probably shouldn't like the Fatal Frame series. It's sitting in my backlog, but that's all about taking pictures of ghosts. So, um, how, so, so, um, Becky, that's your name, that's yes. right. That's what it says <laughs> here name. on... Hold on, you know, swig here. <laughs> Becky! So yes. you give it two thumbs up. Yes. I am one of the many people who thinks it is an absolute classic and one of the better games on the PS2. Let us take a look at the court of popular opinion and see if it lines up with your thoughts. It does. Oh, you mean GameStop? I, GameSpot? I wonder. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, let's take a look at the reader reviews on GameSpot. That's exactly where I go to see basically what everyone's average Why thoughts on these. The reader reviews on GameSpot? Hush up. Okay, this is scientific. <laughs> Especially after I've had a few beers. We have 5,177 votes averaging 9.0. 
So, Becky, it would seem like the vast majority of people are behind you and that I'm just a fuddy-duddy. Well, we all know you're a fuddy-duddy. Yay, <laughs> fuddy-duddy. All right, so uh, let's take a look here at Dark Cloud 2. Uh, that, 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 it looks like the marketplace also holds up your opinion because this game's price value is still pretty high for a PS2 game. You can get it used for about 23 to 30 bucks after shipping and handling. And if you want this bad boy in its original shrink wrap condition, you're looking at about 75. Is it worth, Becky, is it worth 25 bucks? Oh, it's worth 25 bucks for sure. Is it worth 75 I wouldn't pay seven. dollars <laughs> <laughs> oh. what, what about Dark Cloud 1, Phil? What are the prices on that? Dark Dark Cloud 1, huh? Let's take a look. Dark Cloud 1 is going for a resounding $5 used. And that's with shipping included. Um, yeah. Brand new in the shrink wrap. You can nab this this gym for about 32 bucks. <laughs> Yeah, it sure is a gem. It's a gem, a fake gem. Yeah, a, a, a cubic zirconium gem. Yeah, that someone overcharged you for in a back alley. Whew. Well, um, thank you, chick type person and Mike. Hold on for just a minute. <laughs> we are not interchangeable. Crying <laughs> out loud. We are we are going Apparently to Apparently you are if Phil has had enough alcohol. We are going to take a teeny tiny musical interlude and because this is the shortest RPG backtrack in history, we'll wrap this up with a very lengthy final lap where we'll talk about everything but old games apparently. We'll be right back. And you suddenly became a woman. I did. Cloud, I love you. So, so, so are we, you now interchangeable like the rest of us? Yes, female type podcaster. So, yeah, apparently you have a sister named Phyllis, right? Yes, indeed. So, he, he could not possibly begin to be my actual sister. We. I was talking about Phil. Phil has a twin named Phyllis. Mr. Minky. Yes. Mr. Minky, we had some comments about episode 75, but not nearly as many as we had hoped. For an episode about Link and Nintendo 64s and stuff, I expected a lot more comments. I know. Apparently a lot of people just didn't own the N64 or are loath to admit it now. I mean, they could play the GameCube version or... Anywho. The version? 
Yeah, so, because uh, Rico had written and said that the secret to Majora's Mask Ruby system, because we mentioned how we didn't understand how even though you're resetting the game, basically, essentially, you're starting over at day one over and over again, how you would start, you know, like, you, you know, a lot of things would reset, but your money, they always knew how much money you had in a bank. The secret of Majora's Mask Ruby system is that the banker would write your account balance on your forehead in invisible ink. Ah, there's a bit of trivia for you. He also says, or she, or it, or whatever. I have Arkray's Fantasia. <laughs> you need to put little gender symbols, by the way, guys and girls, on your signatures when you have weird names. I have Arkray's Fantasia, but I haven't played it yet. I'll have to put on a pile of Wii games to play after Xenoblade. Well, I would admit that Arkray takes a tiny backseat to Xenoblade, but nothing else in the Wii library. Yeah, so there. Although Nintendo wants you to buy the last story next month. Check it out. There's another lady type podcaster that's interchangeable named Strawberry Somethings. <laughs> and uh, she says, Ah, is that why he looked at Link's forehead like that? I had no idea. I looked up the haunted Majora thing. It kind of reminds me of the scary Pokemon Black hack story, but ten times creepier. Ooh. Ten times creepier. Ten times. That's, Not nine. That's a lot of creepy. Ten. Yeah. So, uh, Raptor94K, he must have signed on to the board just to post this because it's his first post. He says and his only post. His only post, yeah. With no degree of time is being developed, the Sage uh, medallions were actually going to be used to create magic spells. The player was going to need to equip different combination medallions in order to use different magic spells. The idea was eventually scrapped and the spells were transferred into a different types of arrows that appear in the game, and the medallions were kept in their current incarnation. Another interesting change is that the game was originally going to be first person, like when you shoot the bow. There's apparently a glitch in a lake area where you can go back in the first person mode and move around without the bow similar to how the game was originally made. There's a pretty, a pretty good fan-made documentary floating around the internet somewhere that documents these changes. What are your thoughts on that, Mr. Minky? I think that Nintendo not making this sort of thing public is pretty darn common. So of course you're going to have to go find the fan-made version. So check it out. You too can leave your controversial comments thoughts concerns about any of the games we talked about any old game we don't care we're gonna read it on here you can do that board.rpgamer.com i don't know if you do yeah, a slash form the on that of quest 64 so we can laugh at you yeah yeah just go to rpgamer.com and click on forum yeah that's what i do and um yeah sing the praises or berate it we don't care be controversial tell us final fantasy 6 sucks and we'll laugh at you too yeah Wait a minute, it doesn't suck, it's cool. I still haven't played it. <gasps> Get off, hold on, i got to hang her up on the call. Where's my hang-up button? <laughs> you, you will, they all say that. You will go and play it. I've played console games, and I'm waiting for Square Enix to eventually make a pretty uh, version. Okay, Becky. Yes. Square Enix has repeatedly shown us over and over again that the only games they're going to remake is one. Over and over and, and over again. Yeah. And they remade four. There. The four remake was sucky. Oh, you have to pick. You have to pass on the exact certain skills, or otherwise, when you get to the moon, everyone gets killed off. I've done. Uh, we did this on an RPG backtrack. Which one was it, Minky? Where I ranted about the Final Fantasy four remake. They, uh, I don't remember. They blasphemed. They blasphemed the whole idea of Final Fantasy four. Okay. But Phil, there's another version of it, the Final Fantasy IV Complete on PSP that includes all those After Years chapters. 
Yeah, that's hmm. the one I played. Oh, well, that one may not be too bad. The DS one is the one. Liked it. The DS one was the one I played, and I hated it so much because of the. It was the new mechanics that they added, it and and they virtually made playing those new mechanics uh, just the right way. They virtually they basically made it mandatory because when I got to the moon, everything was kicking my butt, and after being killed, my whole party wiped out like. 18 times in a row i finally looked in an faq and they were like oh well you had to do this and this and this in the exact certain way that i didn't ever have to do when i played the super nintendo version yeah that bootleg sucked, but i didn't have to do bootleg <laughs> so anywho i don't know what it is about square uh, they don't want to remake six or seven so we did actually that was something that came up i think in the last two weeks that's a good bit of retro news uh, or maybe it was a little bit before. But didn't, wasn't there a statement made by somebody important that they said they weren't going to remake 7 until they made a game that was better than 7? Yeah. yeah. Well, if you talk to me, and Square has made a better game than 7 multiple times since, but apparently I am in the minority here. Yeah, I don't quite... I think that was just an excuse, because it really would be pretty expensive to remake 7. 5 and 6, I don't know why they're not remaking, because those would not be difficult. Yeah, and I make 5 first, because I think it's an unsung classic that was well, unfairly forgotten because it didn't get released. Five was ported over Nintendo. to the, yeah, it was ported over Game Boy Advance, wasn't it? It was, and that was a very good version, which yeah. is the one I played, and I sunk a good 70 hours into it because I wanted to max out everybody's jobs, and I eventually did that. Yeah, it is totally, let me tell you what, boys and girls, that game is one of the few reasons why I hold on to my DS light, as, yeah, because being able to play those that that Game Boy Advance game in particular, it's one of the it's the only way you can play Final Fantasy V in English, legitimately. Um, well, you could play the lousy PlayStation One version. Oh, to get out! That's not even a legitimate way. The one with the five That's, second load times for every battle. Yeah, and the and the saving issues. Yeah, get out. Yeah, go. Take, and the one that's not compatible with PS2 because it's one of the uh, what eight games eight that games that aren't compatible with PS2. With PS2. <laughs> <laughs> um. Shoot, I think with Final Fantasy VI, I could be wrong on this, but um, they've never made an official statement that I know of. But I honestly think it's just because the story's maybe part of it is the story so huge there'd be a lot of translation uh, to do that right. I, I don't know because it's such a beautiful they've and wonderful game. You can play that, yeah. You can. Uh, oh, you're right. It is translated. Um, you can play that. <laughs> Duh. I'm sorry. I gotta stop drinking while I'm doing these podcasts. You can play. But you can also play that on the Game Boy Advance slash, you know, the DS Lite. I highly recommend, if you don't have one, getting a DS Lite just to play some of these Game Boy Advance, uh, just these two, five and six. Uh, is huge reasons to pick up a to pick up a DS Lite if you don't already have one. And you I'm can pick up a game for remake with prettier graphics. So. Yeah, well, yeah, you can wait till the cows come home because uh, I, I will. Don't know. Yeah, we I don't can, know what I'm missing. They're making another. They're making another Final Fantasy one remake on the uh, or Final Fantasy, and then I heard they announced Final Fantasy three for the Oya. What the hell? Oya. Final Fantasy three has fewer versions than one and two. Oh my god! Well, that's, that's not saying much though. Yeah, that's not, yeah, that's well, but that's that's true. I mean, Final Fantasy one and two has had more remakes than I've had chin lifts. I, I just incredible. <laughs> Um, How many chin lifts have you had? Hush, okay, we don't talk about that. What happens in Vegas stays... Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, it's it's remarkable how many times they'll make one and, and two over and over and over again, and, and they don't get these really good games that we really love. Um, it'd be really nice to have a... a um, a 3DS or a PlayStation version of, you know, a DLC version of, like, 
uh, five and six, just redone with a prettier. Why can't they do the 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 Final Fantasy four job that they did on the um, the Wii? You know, on Final Fantasy six, that'd be cool. Because Matrix got sucked into doing that uh, four Warriors of Light Final Fantasy game instead. Yeah. And, um, whatever else it's done. Ah, <sighs> we just we, we... Well, okay, If five and six come out for three DS, I promise I will buy them and play them. That would be cool. Yeah. And if you don't like them, then everyone will be able to blame these new versions for it. <laughs> All right. Because that's the way of it. It is time to talk about other stuff in our other stuff sub-segment that I can never remember the name to. Um, nope, still can't remember it. I'm trying to think of it, and I've just had too much to drink. So, <laughs> we are going to start with the lady on the podcast whose name I can't remember but 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 because I don't want to insult her, I will simply call her Bickiana. So, Bickiana, take it away. What would you like to talk about tonight? Well, I have just finished reviewing, not for this site, for the site that pays me, um, Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance. And despite the same title, it's actually pretty fun, as long as you're not expecting great poetry from the storyline. Is the gameplay really good, or is it just kind of okay? It's fun. Yeah. Um, it's. Did you play Birth by Sleep? Uh, I haven't gotten around to it yet, but I've heard good things about it. Anybody who liked the Birth by Sleep um, combat system, this takes that as the base and then adds some new stuff onto it, like the flow motion system that allows you to do crazy acrobatic moves in battle. And it's kind of difficult to handle at first, but once you get the hang of it, it's pretty fun. Cool. I recommend it uh, for any Kingdom Hearts fans who are okay with the fact that the story is totally crazy town. <laughs> I think that's more or less expected by this point. Whoa. Uh, one would think, but I mean, you know, some people hate the series because of that, and if you hate the series because of that, this one's not really going to change your mind. Dang, Mike, 1.5 out of 5? You're so mean. On what, Dark Cloud 1? Yeah! You didn't know this beforehand? I was drinking. It takes a little time to catch up. Okay. Um, wow, you're hey, so hey, mean Becky, to people. Let's, let's raid Phil's bank account while he's drinking. He won't catch on for a while. Wow. You're so mean to people, Mike. You know, cut a little slack. It was it was a launch title, man. Have some understand. I'm like I'm like verbalizing what people are going to write on the forums. You know, just have a little understanding, man. Come on. Already had that conversation. Okay, crap. Alright, what else, uh, what else, Bicky Anna? Um, and right now I've just started playing Lancer Wayfarer. You know, I just got that in the mail today. It was sitting on the front porch from a pre-order from Amazon, apparently, that I forgot I did. <laughs> so. I, I, it's pretty fun so far. I like the combat system. Becky. Anna. <laughs> I almost got your name wrong. Um, so, so I got the game. In the, in, you know, sitting on the front porch, I got home, saw it before my wife did. I opened up the package and 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 said, "Oh, I totally forgot I pre-ordered this." I, I threw it on the counter because I had stuff to do. Uh, my wife comes home a few minutes after me, and she she finds the, the box lying there and she looks at it. She quickly flips it around to see what it says on the back, and the first thing she says, "Boobies." <laughs> Phil, why are you playing this game with big boobies? <laughs> well, I I don't have the package because I got a review code for a digital version. 
so. I, I'll help explain to you what the package looks like. Boobies! <laughs> we should have Sam on for this. It does, have, it does have that kind of art. Wait, this isn't Sam? No. I thought that Oh, Phil. How many how many girls do we have on our uh, on our staff, Mike? We can't possibly have more than one nerd girl on staff. I mean, they, there's only like one in the world, right? Um, I think we have five. Oh, get out! Oh, that's just oh, I got a drink to that. Hold on. <laughs> oh, this is good. Okay, so Becky and uh, uh, what did you say? Oh, Becky and a Sam. Um, so, <laughs> well, how did we get sidetracked? So you're actually, so you're enjoying the game. What, what do you like about the so game far, so I far? I've, I've, I've played maybe half an hour. Oh, half an hour. Okay. So yeah, no, I just got. It this Are you on the next backtrack? Which one? That would be dot hack. So no. No, I have never. Played. We're having a whole show on dot hack. Are you there serious? Are a lot of games. Games. Yeah. What? We're just, we're yeah. just having what? We're just having a show on dot hack. Yeah. Just there are lots of hack games. No, no. Oh, dot. Oh, that dot. Oh, I was thinking 3D dot hero for a second there. I'm like, gosh, that game really. I can't go on for two hours. <laughs> dot hack. Yeah, I haven't played that one yet either. Yeah, but, so it's a series, but I've never played it. Drat, because I was hoping you'd be on to give us a, a further update on that. Uh, oh well, what else are you doing, uh, Becky and Sam? Um, Game-wise, that's about it. Anything uh, fun and else uh, interesting you're doing? You want to pimp? This is the pimp section. Pimpage. I don't have much to pimp. It's August. It's a slow month. Well, for for Mr. Minky, August is never a slow month because there's always lots of movies to talk about. Yes, and I'll go through just a few of them. Let's see. Just today I watched something called Five Came Home, with, which is actually like a disaster movie almost. We meet some people, and they're broadly established as stereotypes. They get in a plane. It's 1939. The plane goes down in the jungle, and they've got to get out of there. And because it's 1939 and it didn't have a huge budget, well, they're going to look pretty good while doing it instead of, you know, looking pretty bedraggled and moth-eaten and sweaty the way people who've been stranded in a jungle for three weeks might actually look. And, of course, Lucille Ball will wear heels in the jungle because, well, that's the only footgear she brought. It was it was only seventy five minutes though, so it was brisk. Didn't wear out its welcome. And I watched something called Straight Jacket, where Joan Crawford goes crazy. In the opening scene, her husband is having an affair, and Joan sees an axe lying around, and she puts an end to that, and and winds up in asylum for twenty years, and gets out, and her daughter wants to make nice with her, and Joan does something I've never seen before, which is use a record, a spinning record to light a cigarette. That was interesting. And because it's Joan Crawford, she can go right into the stratosphere whenever she wants. And that definitely makes things entertaining. And she eventually kills off George Kennedy, which is also entertaining. And I watched He Knows You're Alone, which is pretty much a standard slash move from the early 80s, blended with the Halloween formula, aping several shots. And its only notable thing is that it was Tom Hanks' first movie, and he's only in there for a couple scenes, so don't watch it for him. But if you like to watch early 80s slasher movies, and I don't know why I do, I just keep doing it, then this is another one. And I saw two current movies in the theater. I'll get the easy one out of the way first, To Roam With Love. That's Woody Allen's latest. It's four 
completely disconnected storylines. Can you guess it takes place in Rome? If you can, you get nothing, because that's kind of obvious. And one of them finds Judy Davis and Woody Allen himself going off to meet their daughter, Allison Pill, who's met a hunky Italian guy whose dad is a mortician, but also happens to sing operatic quality in the shower. The second story has uh, Penelope Cruz as a hooker breaking in on a freshly married couple. The third story has Alec Baldwin giving sage advice to Jesse Eisenberg and Ellen Page, who have a fling and it doesn't work out. And the fourth one has Roberto Benigni suddenly being accosted by reporters who want to know what he ate that morning when he brushes his teeth and when he shaves every day and what time he leaves his house. And none of them are particularly interesting, but the tune he uses as a transition between each of the stories is infuriatingly catchy. And then there's this thing called The Dark Knight Rises, which apparently a lot of people have seen. And I will just say that for a two-hour, 45-minute movie, I could have had more. There's so much here, but I could have dealt with even more because there's a lot of material that feels like it could have been there in a director's cut. And I wouldn't say it's better than The Dark Knight, and your personal liking will depend a lot on how well you liked Christopher Nolan's earlier Batman movies, but I really, really liked it. And I even saw it twice in the theater, which I don't usually do, so that tells you a lot. And I may see it a third time, because, oh, darn it, I really liked that movie. And my other choice would be to go see Total Recall, which I probably will do anyway, but I'll be comparing Colin Farrell to Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that's, that's never good. As for games, uh, I just finished Custom Robo Arena on the DS, which I'm writing the review for now, and I will just say that it's far more like a fighting game than it should be for something that goes on so long. If a fighting game went on for, I don't know, 15, 20 hours, it would get old. And this one does, because it's far more of a customization-heavy fighting game than it is an RPG. But it's fun for a while, anyway. And I just started Tales of the Abyss on 3DS. It, I, I'm having fun so far, but I've only played half an hour. And I started Kodelka on PS1, and I can tell you that if I have to go find more pistol ammunition in order to reload after every few battles, it's going to get really challenging. Beyond that, I don't know much yet. And I will respectfully refrain from bogging everyone down with all of the movies I've seen, because that would take another 20 minutes or so, and nobody needs that. Don't you? Although I, I could ask Phil what he thinks about The Hobbit now being three movies instead of two. You know, I, I still have to get through the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy thing at some point. Well, The Hobbit is a lot shorter book anyway. Apparently he's basing... Jackson found a, a whole bunch of appendices material that he used to flesh it out, and he fleshed it out so much that there's going to be a third movie. You guys aren't going to believe this, but after you've drinking like, so much alcohol, like you're... You're more impervious to pain. My wrist has been hurting all day, but now it feels perfectly okay. Wow, it's like it's it's like a healing potion. Alcohol is healing potions. Yay! I think you need to get on the horn to a famous alcohol distributor and use that catchphrase, Phil. You could make some serious money. Don't you write about all those movies you watch on the forums under that Not month thread? Not all of them, 
I tried that once, and it took up about 30 slots or on the forums, so I haven't tried it again. Shoot. Well, hmm. Okay, well, sounds like you're pretty busy. Much busier than me. Um, boy, where do I start? Well, we're playing... I'm, I got... I got Y'all might have remembered me ranting, I think it was last show, about Pokemon Conquest and not being able to get it, and I ended up ordering it from a Hong Kong website. Was that last show, Mike, or the show before? Must have been last show, because Mr. Apps was here to tell you about it. He just reviewed it. Yeah, bad Mike, making me want a game, and then I couldn't find it anywhere. Let's see if it's available. It's probably available now at GameSpot. But at the time that I was, I had read I had read Mr. Apps' review, and I mentioned before on the last show that I couldn't find it anywhere. Um... So I ordered it on eBay from a Hong Kong website, which is always rolling the dice, but they, they had a really, really good rating, so um, I was hopeful, and I did eventually, I got it on Saturday um, afternoon when I checked my mailbox, and I've been playing that ever since, and so far it's pretty cool. Um, the tactical battles are a little on the light side, but it's more about the preparation, getting ready for those battles. When you can see, you know what uh, what uh, Pokemon parties the enemy has, and then you can prepare the you know if if you have the proper uh, counter Pokemon prepared. So if you know the guy's got a bunch of Earth Pokemon, you want to have Fighting Pokemon and Grass Pokemon, but it isn't sufficient enough just to have those Pokemon in your stable somewhere in one of your cities. But you need to hopefully have them raised up a bit. So, have you, um, completed the first campaign yet? No, I'm stuck on I I I'm about um I think I've got like 7 or 8 or 9 cities and I've got three new cities that just opened up that I can conquer and one of them is full of rock pokemon and the other one's full of I think fighting pokemon uh, no dark dark pokemon. Yeah, it, still have a ways to go. And they're evil because I took the counter Pokemon in and uh, that I had because I have like twenty some warriors now, and, and I still plays nasty tricks on you. And I still got my rear end handed to me, so it doesn't help that they roll boulders down and take off half your hit points before the battle yeah, even don't starts. Stand in front of those. Well, I try to get out of the way, but I don't get turned. You know, like they get the turn first and roll the boulders boulders down, and bam, you've just lost thirty hit points. Thank you for playing the game. Price is waiting for you in the back, blood suckers. Um, and, and then when they do come down, uh, my grass Pokemon, which they're supposed to be weak against, um, don't do like maybe not even a quarter of their hit points and damage. But then when they counter, heaven forbid they hit one of my Pokemon that are weak, they can wipe them out in one hit. So there's a huge variance to how much damage I'm doing versus receiving, even with weaknesses taken into play. So I obviously need to level up my Pokemon, um, by beating random Pokemon. And then, of course, so I'm, I, I got my fighting Pokemon that I'm trying to level up, and, of course, in a random battle, I get a bunch of, I think it's bug or flying Pokemon as enemies, which they're weak <laughs> against, so they get wiped out. And I'm like, oh, crap, forget this crap. Bloodsucky Pokemon, their weaknesses and stuff. And they get wiped... Yeah. If they're weak against it, they get wiped out in one hit, but if, if the enemies are weak against it, they don't get wiped out in one hit. Bull! <laughs> That first campaign is the easy part. Yeah, that's the easy part. So I need to be more patient, <laughs> slow down, and level. I need to level things up more. Hey, speaking of, since you've seen this, uh, since you're a little bit more familiar with the game, the energy levels. What exactly does that mean? Like, if their energy it, levels are high versus low. Have, the higher their energy is, they have their maximum hit points and 
um, do the maximum damage that they can do. If their energy is low, they are less powerful. So you want to try to keep the energy up. Keep the energy um, up. That's easier to do after the first campaign, because after the first campaign, you get the ability to build up the towns and actually get, like, a Ponigiri shop where you can buy a Ponigiri that just raises the energy of the whole party to fall in one round. Oh, okay, because, yeah, she only she only sells these crappy whatever it is she sells, which is free, uh, yeah. but it only raises them up one level. It's like, I gotta wait five turns for them to get up to full? Yeah, so you don't have to worry about that after the main game can actually build them. It, it's cute though. I haven't I haven't gotten frustrated to the point that I want to give up yet. I just sometimes take a break from I it. I sure hope not, because if you get frustrated with that part, you're going to be in trouble. I get frustrated. Hey, Mike will tell you I get frustrated pretty easy. Um, but um, I'd rather you know I, I I like games that reward me for my tactics in combat and not for my patience out of combat. That's why I don't care much for Dark Cloud because. It's more about your patience out of combat and taking pictures and putting things together. Whereas I like, you know, um, more tactical games like the Gold Box series and such, where uh, what you do outside of battle is kind of important, but what you do in battle is, is vastly important. But so far, it, it seems like a pretty cool thing. I mean, it's uh, I've played for about five hours. I got a lot more to do on that, but it's 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 sitting in my DS. It's got a home there right now, so that's pretty good. And it is looking like looking at GameSpot. Um, it says that um, it says that it's available to order. I'm gonna just check availability here in the Utah area to see if maybe because uh, find nearby new and see if it's uh, showing any of the nearby Utah stores here. Uh, it says low stock at the Gateway, but it says Sugar House, Valley Fair. All the stores here pretty much have it in stock. So I ordered it from Hong Kong and paid an extra five bucks in shipping handling for no reason. I guess, I don't know what it was. It's like the release date came out and they only released so many copies and then what, two weeks later they released the rest? Um, it's like there was some sort of weirdness going on with the distributors or something. Uh -huh. They have a hard release date. Uh huh. Um, so stores were releasing it on different days and it doesn't look like they made quite enough on the first printing, so I think they must have done a second printing. Weird. Sold out all over the place. I don't know. It was pretty easy to find in Canada, but a lot of games that sell out in the States are easy to find in Canada. Like other things, like the, that Zelda 3DS that sold out in the states was available in Canada for like a month and a half after it came out. Goodness. So, so if you're looking for for stuff and no mind importing things, check out Amazon.ca. You never know what you'll find. Right. So uh, so that's been going good so far. Um, and I like I mentioned before, I got the uh, uh, boobies generations. I mean, grow lancer generations. Um, because I forgot I pre-ordered it. Um, and that, was, that looks like it's been getting pretty, yeah, <laughs> Shirley's over there yelling boobies. Um, that's been getting pretty decent reviews, but, um, I like to play for myself and see what I think, because I always think differently than, than a lot of people. Um, and I, I, I was out in, I was out in Florida last week. I don't like to announce my plans ahead of time for, for obvious reasons, but, uh, last week I was in Florida. Didn't have a lot of time to play games at all. Farted around my iPad a bit with my mom. Um, but um, I was playing Pools of Radiance Gold Box, since I'm always praising those, and um, start off with Pools of Radiance, which is the oldest one and the most um, archaic. Archaic is that the right word? Yeah, yeah, really old one. Yeah, yeah, because the controls on that are just really much worse than the rest of them. Um, it's like they did Pools of Radiance, and then when they start doing the rest of them, like Curse of the Azure Bonds and Secret of Silver Blades, you know, they worked out some of the bugs and they they made it a little bit easier to use and to grasp and the such. Uh, but playing Pools of Radiance, 
giving it 100%, but dang it, if I'm not in this first dungeon, these trolls keep kicking my ass over and over again, so... Yeah, the, that game goes from, like, nothing to trolls. Nothing to trolls, yeah, I'm fighting a bunch of <laughs> wimpy kobolds and kicking their ass, and then I get to trolls. I'm like, I'm still level 1, and I can't... Uh, if I'm sticking to the sewers, I don't grind because uh, you run out of random encounters there, and I'm still level 1. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of cute. Uh, but I'll stick with it. It is fun being able, now that I have figured out, I mentioned this on the last show or two, I don't know if you were here, Becky, when I talked about how I figured out how to work Y-Barm on the emulator, I was so excited because I got Tandy graphics and sound through DOSBox, which totally makes the experience with Y-Barm because it, ha- it supports Tandy sound, which is vastly superior to IBM sound cards. So I'm totally a DOSBox addict now. DOSBox plus Dropbox means that my game is, goes wherever I go. As I'm playing on my laptop or my uh, home computer or whatever, my, my save games are right there. And and the key, by the way, boys and girls, when playing Pools of Radiance, you can um, – the thing is these gold box games have copy protection. Um, the funny thing is – It's the wheel. It's the wheel. Oh, I love you, Um Becky, Anna, Sam, stay on the line after this. You and I are going to get nerdish. But, yeah, no, i got to go to bed. <laughs> but the really cool thing is with Pulls of Radiance, I just keep typing zombie till it accepts it. Because eventually zombie works. I don't know why, but it works. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think I threw out the gold box uh, removing just a few months ago. There is actually a website. It looks like it was done in GeoCity script or something that that you can click on the um, the icons and whether or not it's dots or dashes or whatever, and it will tell you what the word is. But that would require me opening up a separate window and actually going through some extra work. I just keep typing zombie, and it usually kicks me out after I get three wrong guesses, and I just keep you know type loading it back up. It usually takes about three attempts on the average. Um, the zombie works. And, and on the go- other goal box games, usually they just ask you to type in one letter. I was typing the letter E. This is the most common letter in the English language, and usually that works eventually. So I'm lazy. Uh, but hopefully I'll get through that. That's my, that's my retro gaming right now. Uh, I've been playing – oh, I've been going through my PS3 and cleaning out my backlog and just going through games that – you know, for whatever reason, I bought because I read a review and stuff. But I put it aside. And I played some like a few hours of Death Spank last night. I really don't see what's so awesome about the game. The humor totally misses me. I don't think he's funny at all. And um, I mean, I can kind of see how other people might think he's funny, but he's just too corny for me to actually laugh at. Um, there are some games that make me laugh out loud, like Ratchet and Clank and the such. But Death Spank ain't doing it for me. Um, he's too cheesy. And the uh, the actual gameplay, I have a hard time seeing Death Spank uh, from the background and stuff. There's not enough contrast. I love the art style in the game, but it, it gets a little hard sometimes to see the character. Um, so, but I'm sure there's lots of people who just it's it's cute. It's just the humor. It's very it's it's trying too hard. I, I don't know why I like Ratchet and Clank, which comes across as kitty humor more sometimes, but. I don't know. I'd rather watch Ratchet and Clank and play Ratchet and Clank when it comes to that just the pure humor side of it. Um, Deathbank is just a little too far off in the corny land. But tell me what you think. Tell me if you disagree with me. Blast me on the boards. Troll me! I don't care. Um, my wife is enjoying the crap out of a little game she discovered a week ago 
uh, or two. She was uh, she was a little bored, and she likes playing. Uh, she kind of likes playing Diablo, but there's certain things about it she doesn't like. So I introduced her to a tiny little game called uh, Torchlight, and now she can't stop playing. So uh, are you still playing the 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 sorcerer princess, the wizard, the wizard or the alchemist? I mean, yeah, she's playing the alchemist now. She's playing the the gunslinger chick earlier up to about level twenty ish. And now she's playing the alchemist for kicks and giggles. So she's really looking forward to Torchlight 2. Hey, um, Becky Anna Sam, are are you the one who likes to play um, um, Skylanders? Nope, I've never played it. Okay. That's probably Anna. I don't think I'm but you're Becky Anna Sam. No, I'm not. Ah, I can't keep track of you ladies. Why is there more than one of you? I don't get it. Um, Maybe, Phil, we need to have you... Slow down the drinking pace. Oh, hi, cat dog. Um, cat dog just jumped on my lap. Um, How big is cat dog? Um, cat dog's about 80 pounds. 80 pounds, 80... Anyway, what were we talking about? We were talking about, okay, why is playing Torchlight? We also played some Skylanders, but she doesn't like the platform elements in Skylanders. So we kind of put that on pause for a bit. That's why I don't have Skylanders, because my husband doesn't like platforming, so I wouldn't have anyone to play it with at home. Yeah, it's kind of cute because it's kind of like Torchlight, but for some odd reason they feel the need to put a few platformer elements right smack in the middle of some of the boards. And it's it's kind of a big term of Shirley's like, I just want to kill crap. It's like, no, you got to go through that fire and you got to time it so you don't get burned. It is a bastardization of the Spyro games, which were originally platformers. Yeah. Yeah, so they're trying to, you know, still keep some of that in there. But um, it is really, really, I will say that it's a bloody expensive game. Um, I had to take out a second mortgage. But that whole tactile thing of being able to slam another character on that little portal and bring them in the game is pretty cool. Because they'll, you know, you'll be low on health, and so you'll bring in another character from your roster. Take the first one off, put the second one on there. And you just pull them off the platform, you just take the little little figurine off and you stick the next one on and it sounds gimmicky and it is gimmicky but when you're playing it it's it, there's some satisfaction to that tactile feel of i'm slamming this character on the portal it, it, oh, well bobby kodak uh, appreciates your sacrifice and your gullibility yeah it is cute though i will say it is it is kind of cute um and you do get the you know you do get the little figurines as part of that to you know be like oh that's my character i don't get a torchlight character where's my alchemist at i don't get a alchemist plastic character i can show to people and if i want a world of warcraft figurine i gotta pay 100 bucks anyways bloodsuckers um so but we've tried that and we'll probably play some more of that and we'll, we'll kind of report on that as that goes along it's probably almost two years old um and Oh, yeah, and she's really looking forward to Torchlight 2, which is supposed to be coming out in, what, a month or two? And we can play that online together? Awesome! Whew! Alrighty, what's our next show about, Mike? You mean, you you forgot. We we mentioned it. Dot Bobbier, dot com. It's dot com, isn't it? It's a show about dot coms. Yes, we are going to talk about... Silicon Valley and how, and the internet startup rise and how it all went bad in that little mini crash in 2001. Yay. Doesn't that sound like a great RPG backtrack? It does. I'm excited. And um, who am I on mute? No, I'm not on no. mute. Okay. 
So I'm excited. So yeah, we're talking about dot hack, a lot of dot hack games. And we're going to have Adrian D. Alden, who convinced me to buy the trilogy, even though I haven't gotten around to playing it yet, um, <laughs> after like three years. Actually, I bought that four or five years ago. I saw it in the store, and I maybe I remember a conversation with Adrian saying, you know, him saying how good it was. And he was really excited about it. So I picked it up in the store because I saw it on, uh, used in, in, uh, in EB Games. So we'll be talking about that next week. So, yes, along with the first Dot .hack series, which is apparently not nearly as well regarded. Oh yeah. Oh, we're talking about GU specifically, right? The yeah, we're gonna we gotta address the first series. We gotta address at least. We're, we're never gonna have another Dot .hack show. There are only two stories in this thing. Yeah. So let's get the first series out of the way and then get on to the and maybe we'll find something good in them before we get to GU. Cool. All right. Well, you know what, Mike? I love you to death. You're awesome. You always put this together. You're you're awesome guy and that other girl who's on here she's awesome she is just great i mean she knows gold box i mean how awesome is that well becky i think you're glad you're married right now aren't you (laughs) (laughs) so on behalf of mike and this chick person who's on the show and myself we thank you for listening rpg backtrack as always you're the reason we do this do us a favor rate us on itunes don't mention the drinking problems, though. People don't even know about that. And my boss doesn't even know about that. RPG Backtrack is a production of RP Gamer, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Write your questions and comments on our boards, um, or you just go to rpgamer.com, click on the forum, or email jcservantrpgamer.com and help shape our future shows. Don't forget, you can follow us at twitter.com slash rpgamer and become our biggest fans on facebook.com slash rpgamer. As always, listen to our previous podcast as well as our awesome sister show, RPG Cast, all at rpgamer.com. Mr. Mike, put us to bed. Well, I was thinking about building a brand new town in which we could store all of our episodes individually with a great gallery that would laud all of our accomplishments in exactly the sparkling, shiny way that they should be displayed. But then I got lazy and I noticed that the sun was going down and I thought about how much work that would be and I'll just say if you want to do something vaguely similar to that go play Dark Cloud 2 and you can be one of those crazies who likes Dark Cloud 1 if you like and calling you crazy is probably not the most diplomatic of terms but I'm sticking by it because I have nothing else to say on this subject night I'll take my chance.